Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, morning everyone. Morning, morning. How are you all doing? Thank you, thank you. Uh, also, by the wonders of technology, we, uh, we're joined this morning by a Batsy site. Let's give them a cheer. Turn around and look, look over there, give them a wave. They're on the camera. Hi, Batsy. I'm sure they've said hi back. He, welcome, welcome, welcome. And also, for those of us who are joining on our online community, you're also especially welcome. Uh, do use the chat room to connect, to ask for prayer, uh, or if you want to find out more about uh, this church, this church. And, and welcome. It's great to see some uh, familiar faces that I haven't seen for years and other people that maybe you're new here this morning. I just want to say you're welcome. You're welcome in, into, this, uh, into this community. Uh, last week, it was just great to uh, reopen our Battersea site again and listen to stories here. Uh, you see, the church is never closed. And uh, just individuals were able over these last 18 months to continue to extend the kingdom of God, show and tell about his goodness. And just hearing some wonderful stories uh, last week at Battersea and these last few weeks here of life change, of people finding Jesus, people continuing to follow Jesus, which is also good. Um, You might have noticed that my better half, Viv, isn't here this morning. Uh, my boy, Sam, is off to Exeter University right now. So right now, they're, they're probably stuck by Stonehenge, the A303. I always go past it and curse it, flipping stone. Just always queues down Stonehenge, H303. Um, do pray for them. Do pray, do pray for my boy uh, and for Viv as well as, as she travels there and back uh, today. Um, also, just if you, if you are a prayer, do pray for Sam these next uh, few years um, that that studying would happen at the same level as his social life. <laughs> <laughs> and also, whatever happens at uni, often university is the making or the breaking of faith. And just pray that university would be the making of faith. I've been doing a declaration over Sam. Do you want to hear it? Yes. More of God, less of Weatherspoons. <laughs> so, these next three years, more of God, less of Weatherspoons. All right. Um, should we pray? Let's pray. Jesus, bless my, my extraordinary wife as she... Uh, as she drives and travels, and uh, as we, as I've said goodbye, as as she get, says goodbye to my boy, bless him, and uh, I just pray your your angels around him and and their car as they travel. Lord, bless the preacher as well. Um, I thank you. You don't look at the outward appearance. I thank you, God, that when we're weak, you're strong. And I, I, I just pray for anything that would 
uh, connect with individuals here, God. Any life that would connect. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay. Um, so this could be interesting. This could be, this could be interesting. Um, uh, it's my first, first preach back. And um, I, I've been trying to describe to many people like what's been going on, what's, what's the Lord doing. And um, it was just wonderful worshipping today. The, the two songs, the, the middle song, all, pray, all praise and all honour, glory to your name. That's been my song uh, for this, this time. And the, the last song, um, Your Name is Like Honey, was the, um, was the song that I got baptised to. So I don't know about you lot, but I, lo- I, was, I was in it. So uh, thanks, SP and the, and the gang. Um, I've been trying to describe in like one sentence what's been going on. And um, my, one of my favourite scriptures is uh, in songs, Song of Songs 2 where it says, his left hand is under my neck and his right hand embraces me and I thought I'd, I'd love to just demonstrate what what that's about and so Matt come uh, sorry I'm going to pick on you give him a round of applause Matt are you single maybe great so uh ladies after this um you might enjoy this okay so song of songs it says about God his left hand is under my neck, and his right hand embraces me. <laughs> the, the embrace of God you can feel and you can sense. For me, this season's been like God's hand has been around my neck. I can't really see what's going on, but I know his protection and his covering and he's, he's guarding me. Uh, that's been going on. So, big round of applause to Matt. <laughs> See Matt at the end. Um, you can see I'm, I'm trying to get myself going. Um, uh, just as, we've wel- as we welcome new, new and old people back, I want to just thank, particularly thank those that have been serving tirelessly during, during the last 18 months, but also now as we, as we begin opening making our spaces and places uh, to be people to be uh, to be an, an atmosphere where people are welcomed and invited and also anything's possible um, uh, and also without all of you guys serving and and helping the, this family um, uh, part of the dream team our kids church wouldn't happen hospitality our worship our setup all the tech people so we have Emma give her a round of applause and the guys on the PA. And also, if, you go to the t- if you're on the way to the toilet at the end of the service, just pop your head into the, that room on the left and pray for those guys, for, for people on behind the scenes. Just Let's give everyone a round of applause. They've done such a good job. As well as, as, well as people who just during the week they serve, whether it's at the hub or uh, just being, being part of this community. If it wasn't for these guys... We, there would be a, we would all be just st- stood along that alleyway. The doors wouldn't be... We'd just be sat along the alleyway doing Mexican waves. I don't, I've got no idea what we do. And if you're currently serving in one of the teams, at Batsy, at Ballam, just thank you. I just want to personally thank you for, for all of those people there. Okay. It's not a church without us standing up and sitting down, so why don't we stand up? <laughs> um, 
we're going to read scripture, and scripture, um, there's, there's an honor to scripture. This is God's word that we're reading and speaking, and so I just wanted us to stand up as a sign of honor to, to God and to the scriptures. So, um, and we're going to read this out loud together. So after three, one, two, three. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind the broken To proclaim This is, this is the word of the Lord. It's, it's absolutely true, and it was given to you and I in love. Um, we're named after this passage. Vineyard 61 Church, we're named after this passage. This is the kind of the mandate. This is the core of every, everything that we do. And so over the next few weeks, Viv and I, uh, we're going to attempt to describe our purpose, our, the purpose of the church, but more importantly, let me say it another way. More importantly, what is God's why for the church? Why does God want this church to exist? And so we're, we're going to attempt to, to do that. Uh, and then the next few weeks, a couple of weeks after that, we're going to talk about our vision as a church, where we're going, and your part to play in transformation. And so I'm hoping today you'll hear some stories, stories of our DNA. I'm hoping you'll get a glimpse of what God's purpose is for this church as a, as a vineyard community. For those of you praying, I was to, uh, just quickly chatted to Phil and Jen. They were like, we're going to pray. It's going to be short. So, uh, so you can carry on praying for that. <laughs> Let me just say, no, nothing's really changed in terms of the message, but where we are now, we're just excited to say... And again, my excitement, all people that know me, I don't really do hype. I try to kind of squash hype. So my excitement levels, um, just take Kristen, like the passion and the enthusiasm and um, try and pretend that I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm a lot more blunt uh, as well. One thing that's happened over, over the last, uh, this last year is I've got a bit more blunt. I don't know whether that's age or COVID or... But I'm, I'm definitely more blunt. So in, in this, uh, just practice forgiveness. <laughs> if you were just pra- uh, <laughs> So nothing's changed. But we, over this last season, we feel like, as a team, we've got more clarity on, on the language. We've got more clarity on the purpose. And we're able to describe it. And so when we, when we started the church... Um, Okay, um, do me a favour. Let's just let's just go back. You know, in those movies like Scooby Doo and where they always go back and they kind of wave. Just do me a favour and just w- pretend we're going back and go. We're going back. We're going back. When we started the church, 
um, we st- so we're back now. We're kind of like, it's a foggy, foggy atmosphere. When we started, it was because of an open vision that I had in 2012. And this became our motivation, a bit of a blueprint, how God wanted, the kind of church that God wanted to build in, in this part of London. And, uh, and a lot of you have heard it, but I just wanted to kind of rewind a bit and let you know where we were at that time, where Viv and I were at, at that time of vision. Um, we'd always felt that church planting was part of our future through uh, prophetic words, through the, 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 the sense of God for, for us. Um, however, like our circumstances at the time were far from that. Our previous church, Southwest London Vineyard, would never plant a church in Southwest London. And so we were kind of free to plant anywhere else, but apart from Balham. And so we, we felt more strongly that God had called us to Balham than he'd called us to church plant. So we said, okay, let's just push that church plant into one side because God has clearly spoken to us to call us to live and to minister in Balham. And so instead of church planting, we just thought, let's just get on with it. And so we started Healing on the Streets um, uh, every, every other Saturday, just demonstrating the power, the power of God. And through that, we had some fantastic times. And through that, we gathered some people in a pub and in our home. Um, we couldn't call it a, a life group or a small group because it was flipping chaos. It was, I mean, you would just, you, you couldn't prepare anything because... People would come in drunk. People, you know, had OCD. There were all kinds of issues. But they had encountered Jesus. That was the one thing that all of us had in common, that they had encountered Jesus. So it's a fantastic time, crazy time. So that's the context. That's what Viv and I were doing, 2012. And then in that summer, I was in a tent with thousands of people at a summer camp called New Wine, Christian summer camp called New Wine. And during the kind of prayer time, ministry time at the end, a few people from our church felt as though they needed to pray for me. So they came over to me, put their hands on me, and I just, I just fell over under the, under the power of God. That's not normal for me. Um, but it was wonderful. And I, and I can close my eyes and remember that, that feeling and remember that that power of God on me. And I, I remember the, there was this vivid, during that time, there was this vivid picture of, of London, like an overhead view of London, this part of London. And I remember, I remember uh, just seeing these hubs of light and fire, just these small pockets of fire just burning across uh, this part of London. And, and then I saw these people just being drawn into these hubs. Being drawn, they weren't being consumed. There was fire, but they weren't being burned. Um, people would go into that fire, and it was like they were getting restored. It was like they were getting revived. It was like they were getting renewed again. And then, la- and then what was happening is they were then launched out to wherever they were going, whether it's at work or at the gym. You know, and I saw these people come into the fire and then go out to the fire and then give away what God had, had done to them. They would tell people and those people would then come back in. So it was like this circular, this cycle of 
people who are broken coming in, getting restored, and then going out and helping other people to then come back in. And in these fires, I saw these different faces. And um, just fast forward. So when we launched Battersea, um, I had some faces in, in mind. And Viv and I kept saying, was that the person that you saw? Was that, was that the face? Was that the face? And, uh, uh, and then in this vision, these hubs began to link. These fires began to link like an underground tunnel system, like the underground tunnel system. Uh, and then these tunnels then joined into um, a fire in Balham. And I saw Viv and I and our faces on there. Um, uh, my sense was, and I, 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 d- I didn't hear God speak, but my sense from God was that he said, he was saying he is putting church planting back on the map for Viv and I. And uh, he, in that vision, it described some of the church that he wanted to build in this part of the country. Um, it reminded me... Oh, sorry, let's come back. So, fast forward. Everyone do this, come on. So, fast forward. It reminded me of a vision that I had when I was 16, when I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, this guy was praying for me, and I had, this, uh, I had no Christian background, no church background, didn't know what the Bible was. And in this picture, I saw um, this bush, and it was on fire, but it wasn't, consu- it wasn't burning the bush down, and I was a bit confused. And then another picture I had was of the city of London, and I just had this word evangelism. And so I, I kind of woke up from the, this prayer time, and I said to this guy, I told him the vision about the bush being burnt, and he says, you know... He was, like, offended that I didn't know. I was like, dude, I'm, I've got no idea what you're talking about. He said, you know about Moses and the burning bush? I was like, no. Um, and, and so we, we talked about that. And I said, and what's the, what the, is this? Because, again, I'd never been brought up, so I probably swore at him. I said, what is this word evangelism? And he described what that, what that was. And so since I was 16, I've had this sense of God, that he, God is wanting to preach the gospel into the, into the city. And so, when I was 16, 17, I just asked my friends, my Christian friends, where can I go and preach in the city? Um, and I'd read about Jesus with demons, and I'd read about him, and I was like, I want to find some, di-. again, no background, no history. I was like, can I find some, I want to preach and find some demons. And my mate said, come with me to Leicester Square at one o'clock in the morning. And so we, we met a whole bunch of demons, or drunk people. I'm not quite sure which, which way around it was. Forgive me. Um, okay, we're fast forward. Keep praying for me. We're fast forward. We felt as though God had spoken to us in that, in that vision, in that tent. This picture of connection, this picture of hubs of light. Um, when we actually planted in 2015, after a, a process of three years, it was a big shift. So my leader, uh, my, uh, my senior pastor invited me on staff. He had a kind of God spoken to them. Like God has said that we're to plant Stephen Viv into Balaam. And so there was, a, there was an, a crazy moment. And so for three years, we had some time on staff, did some church planting training, 
when we actually went to plant, it was actually quite, it, for us, it was quite a big sacrifice. We, uh, I came off staff, lost our income, um, our kind of close friendship circles at the church, that kind of severed a bit. Um, there was all kinds of things going on at the time. We had no idea uh, what was happening. Uh, for years, it was as though we'd, where we were, for years we'd counted ourselves out. Our marriage had, had fallen apart, was about to fall apart. Um, in fact, our leaders around us said that you would never plant because of your history. But it was God who said that I choose you too. We were clear God had spoken to us. God had chosen us. And God was saying, despite our pain, our brokenness, I'm picking you to join me in my business of transformation. And so you kind of look, often they say, who are the best leaders? And it's often those that pick themselves up again and again and again. It's those that are willing to go, okay, despite what's going on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go again. And I remember one day we grabbed a large uh, flip chart paper. I think we might have... We grabbed a large flip chart. I, I, I put this on Instagram. I, I just started Instagram, and my, my, I did, like, one word. So I took a picture of, of Charlie, our dog, and my status was dog. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. And so this is what we did. We grabbed a large piece of flip chart paper, and we, start began, we began drawing and dreaming with God about the kind of church he wanted to build. And I'll put this, creating a big vision has to start with, with a blank page. Hashtag. <laughs> big is in the small. I got five likes. <laughs> <laughs> it was there, though, that we decided that we didn't want to start Sunday services first. We wanted to, to go with the mission of God, which was launch compassion and and supernatural ministries. Oh, all the parents are leaving. Brilliant. Have fun. Have fun at Bertie and Boo. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be absolute <laughs> chaos. <laughs> oh, gosh. In, the, in that, we felt as though that's where we're to continually ask ourselves, in 10 years' time, would our community notice if the church stopped? If in 10 years' time, a church, if a church closes down and the community has no impact, that's a problem. And so that's what we began to ask. It's where we dreamt about being a worshipping community, being transformed by the Spirit, and then going with God to transform others. And so the mandate of Isaiah 61 was at the heart of that, that flip chart paper. It encapsulated some of the words of the open vision that I had in that tent at New Wine. Especially this process of transformation that happened within those hubs of fire and the subsequent transformation of the communities. You see, Isaiah 61, it says, beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, freedom for the captives. And for us, Isaiah 61 gives us and gave us a language of what we'd seen, what I'd seen in the spirit. And so that's always been our vision right from the start. And many of you know this, at our first service at Balaam, at our first 
evening service, and when we launched the Battersea site, those were the words that we read, Isaiah 61, because that's what, what our church was all about. So the thing about every, every organisation, whether big or small, whether it's been going short-term or long-term, is they have to define their purpose. They have to define their vision, the strategy, the culture, and the, the kind of the, the values that the, the organization's about. I, I think we've always known our vision. I think we've always known our purpose. But it's been a real, real struggle to, to give language to it. You see, it's important to know your why, isn't it? For you and I, it's important to know your why. Why do we exist as a church? And so for us, uh, and what I'm going to get you to do now in a minute is think about what is your purpose? So hold that, hold that thought, hold that thought. The language of our purpose is that's our kind of our really, really important for us. And it's been, honestly, the area that we've wrestled with, we've prayed about, we've collaborated with, we've argued as a team, we've laughed, we've cried. Um, and just like a cocoon, um, every challenge leads to a change. And I, I really believe that change often comes after a challenge. And so we've, we've done this wrestling, we've done this laughing. Uh, and we've also come up with statements that we'd never publish in Christian media. Uh, just to describe our purpose. If you imagine this, that we started with, you know, I'm in the pit, you're in the pit, or about to be. It's where Jesus loves to be. That's kind of where we started with. We've, we're either in the pit ourselves at the moment, we're either going through some stuff at the moment, or about to. Jesus, it's his favourite place to be helping you in your, in your kind of lowest time. So we started in that kind, of, that kind of what's our purpose. Let me give you an example to keep you awake. Anyone know what this is? Plumb line, yeah, very good. You're a builder. No. <laughs> um, this is a plumb line, and a plumb line is just this weight suspended uh, with string, and it's used as a like a vertical reference to find the center. Uh, it always finds the center because of the, uh, the, it always finds the center of gravity. And as builders and architects, it's, they always know where to find the right centering. This is like a purpose. If we have a plumb line, it means that we can clearly define our center our purpose, and everything else in building works off that, that plumb line. And so for us, everything about our purpose, every, everything we do runs, flows from our purpose. So, and so we've been trying to clearly define our purpose. And so everything that we do, we can say, does it align to our purpose or not. And if it doesn't, let's stop doing it. Let me just, remember I teed you up. What is your purpose here on earth? Do you know? I, I really want to encourage you to find, if you don't know, find it. And I've got four tips for you. Finding your purpose. 
Finding your purpose through scriptures and prayer. Scripture is the best place to find your purpose, your God-given purpose. And in your prayers as well, finding, finding your purpose. The other thing is prophetic words. Uh, sometimes people will have um, words from God for you about your future. God's preferred destiny for you, if you like. Um, who'd like a prophetic word about their future? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Um, who's done a kind of ministry school, whether it's Sockham or any kind of ministry school? Put your hand up. Right. Anyone, go up to these people and say, give me a prophetic word. Because they, they, they should be trained how to, how to give prophetic words. You're laughing at me. <laughs> um, and I would encourage you to just to ask people, what do you think God wants for me for my future? So I really encourage you to, to find some prophetic words. And prophetic words that align with the scriptures, align with your prayer. Okay, also, uh, what, what are your, again, what are your spiritual desires? Again, I've got a desire to see West Ham win the FA Cup one day. Does that align with scripture? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But what are your spiritual desires? What are the things that God has given you? Okay, uh, a few years ago, this is where I'm going to be a bit blunt. A few years ago, I had a number of people ask, come up to me. They wanted a coffee. And they said, Steve, I just don't know God's plan for my life. I don't, and I had this all the time. And so we prayed a bit. And in the end, I, I, I started, and I start telling people, until you find your purpose, do two things. Now, you might want to write this down, video record it, have it in memory. Do two, I, I want to give you a, give you two top tips until you find your purpose. Number one, you ready? Until you find your purpose, practice the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your might, and love your neighbours as, you, as yourselves. Do that until you find your purpose. And secondly... Secondly, until you find your purpose, do Matthew 10, verse 8. You got that? So Matthew 22, 20-ish or somewhere, sorry, forgive me. And Matthew 10, verse 8. Matthew 10, verse 8 says, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. So join me at Leicester Square at 1 o'clock in the morning. Because freely you've received, what's the rest of it say? freely give. So until you find your purpose, do those two things. Greatest commandment, and just go. Start praying for people. Start showing people the love and compassion of Jesus. Okay. That's about as blunt as I'm going to get. Do that until you find your plan or your purpose. This now will save me quite a lot of coffee meetings. <laughs> which is what I'm hoping for. Okay. I'm trying to land... Phil, I'm trying to land, Phil. <laughs> so, Battersea, are you still awake? Are we, are we still awake? If I'd asked you right now, let's all go to Battersea, let's go to York Gardens, just by the benches where the people drink 
uh, we're gonna, we've got till five o'clock today to dig. Come and join me. Now, probably as good Christians, you would. Pro- probably you would, but you probably wouldn't be that enthusiastic. You'd be like, Steve's just got long COVID. He's just gone. <laughs> but what if I said to you, there's treasure just by that bench? And if we go there now by five o'clock and dig it, we get to keep it. We would do it enthusiastically, Christian or not. Purpose. We need to know our purpose. Um, A CEO was walking through a hospital ward and bumped into one of the cleaners and said to the cleaner, I mean, it was obvious what the cleaner was doing, but he he said, because he was feeling nice, he said, what do you do here? What's your role? What's your role in this hospital? And the cleaner said back to him, I save lives. That's my role. I'm part of this hospital's purpose at saving lives. Do you get it? Purpose. And so we've gone back to this open vision. We've gone back to this to try and find a phrase or a tagline or a statement about what we believe about God and why we exist and what's his purpose. One thing that we did know is it's centered around transformation. We knew that word transformation. Uh, and again, I'm not gonna go back to the original vision. Transformation. Um, Viv's, uh, Viv and I will be here next week and Viv's gonna tell you a bit more about something that happened to her. Uh, a few months ago, she woke up, uh, our cat was making a noise and uh, she had to go and sort that out, and then she came back. I mean, obviously, I was next to her purring away like a silent whisper of my sleep. Um, but she, um, she was trying to get back to sleep, and suddenly she had some phrases, some downloads of phrases from God, and the main one being this. God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. And then God followed it up with a series of other phrases, which um, she'll talk about. God doesn't often speak to her like this, so I knew this was significant. As we've been thinking about our purpose, this encapsulated everything that we, we feel. God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. She woke up knowing that it was God. So, this is now our purpose. Yes. This is our plumb line. This is our plumb line, where God is already working to bring transformation, we get to join in. God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. Just turn to your neighbor, wake him up, and say, God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. Okay. This is fantastic for us because it gives us some language. It's, it's become, and it's become these last few months just a helpful way. One of the goals of this um, purpose statement is we wanted to make it portable and mobile so that I could take it tomorrow. So you could, wherever you are this time tomorrow, we, want, we wanted this statement to be portable. Let's leave, leave the statement on for me. We wanted it to be something that you could go at work, at the gym, in the coffee shop, uh, at the school gate, wherever you are, God is up to something. 
God's in the transformation business, and we, you and I, get to join in. Fantastic. Um, forgive me, I'm going to carry on. Good. I don't, I don't hear anyone saying no. Um, we, we love it because it describes our belief in God. It describes who he is and our part to play. You see, God is so good at transforming people. He's really good at it. He's so welcoming. He's so kind. And he invites us to be participants. Um, it's his family business. Transformation is God's family business. You see, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Again, the scriptures. If you want want some scriptures, Romans 5. Just uh, this week, I've just been reading it. And just, it's amazing. While we were still far away from God, Christ died for us so that we could be free. It's, some, it's that. We have a God who loves to transform. He takes our pain. He takes our shame. He takes our sin. He takes our guilt. And in return, he transforms us. He brings power and healing. Do you know that? I was praying for some of you today. Uh, Sorry, I was praying for all of you today, not just some of you. And I just felt as though you've been waiting for God to transform a situation or a circumstance. And the phrase I've had is like this suddenly, this suddenly moment for some of you that... uh, Many of us watch the tennis. Watch the tennis? Where did that come from? You know, Tim Henman. It's un- unbelievable. It's unreal. And I felt in that moment when, when she won, God said, it's going to be like that. It's going to be a surprise. That transformation, that miracle, that winning is just suddenly going to happen from nowhere. Um, when God put a calling on your life, He'd already planned for your stupidity. Did you know that? He certainly has with me. God calls us and loves us, and despite our stupidity, He calls us and loves us. I'm hoping that's the most comforting comforting thing you'll hear today. Despite ourselves, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Okay, close your eyes. Half of you close your eyes. The rest of you carry on. (laughs) Just pause. Just take a moment to think about your metron, your sphere, your community, your whether it's work, at home, your family. Just imagine a community where a vast majority of people wake up every every single day knowing that who God is. Imagine that community knowing how loved they are, where they've been formed into the image of Jesus. Imagine. Imagine those people, if they started dreaming with God about bringing that transformation into their workplaces, into their homes, their neighborhoods, where values of purity and integrity 
heavenly wisdom would dominate. Imagine everyone in this church knowing the authority they carry to bring healing to the blind because God is with us. Imagine that. Imagine a church full of people who wholeheartedly trust God to bring beauty from complete ashes. Imagine your ashes and the beauty that God wants to do. My phone, uh, my watch pings me every hour to remind me to, to take deep breaths. And um, why don't we just do that? Just take a deep, defiant breath of God. Just breathe. Take a deep breath. And just breathe out some of the pain and trauma. Just take another deep breath until you can't breathe, it can't suck in any more air, just go, take a deep, deep breath and breathe out the junk, the thoughts. as a land. What would it look like to dream with God about this transformation business? What would that look like for you? And how do you get involved? How do you get involved? You see, it's not just God doing the transformation. He calls us in. He invites us in as well. At any point, this phrase, God's in the transformation, and we get to join in, can play in your head. So 12 o'clock tomorrow, wherever you are, just look around. God, you're in the transformation business. I get to join in. What are you up to? Um, The model is Jesus. Jesus, he would often take himself away to pray And in the scriptures, you'd see him almost setting his face. I'm doing this. I'm going to this person. I'm going to this location. In the moments, he had clear direction for his life. Uh, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So that's one thing that Jesus did. But also, and this is for us, Jesus had these spontaneous interruptions Lots of the stories in the scripture are of these spontaneous interruptions where Jesus was just going and a leper comes his way or a woman just touches the hem of his garment. A woman just comes by and says, if I just touch, all I need to do is touch the hem, the thread of his garment. (laughs) I will be healed Jesus might be interrupting your day with God moments. And for us, we, we're just becoming aware of those things. Okay, let's have the last slide. I was going to do group work. I'm the kind of 
classic teacher. Let's do some <laughs> group work. Um, this is, so you might want to take a photo of this. Uh, you might want to write this down. What transformation business is God up to around you? And what is he asking you to join in with? Whether you're with your friends, at the gym, a bus stop. I don't know if anyone uses the tube anymore. Um, school gate. <laughs> at your work and your own life. Just ask God. He wants us to join in with his, his transformation business. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.